0: Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen, and this is the Primetime Politics Podcast.
1: Hello, I'm Martin Stringer, and this is Primetime Politics on CPAC. On the program tonight, we will look at the coming days of the Trudeau minority government. The father of the Reform Party, the last protest movement out of Western Canada, Preston Manning, will talk about the challenges facing the Prime Minister, as well as Conservative leader Andrew Scheer. And our journalists will be in to look at the new political landscape and how the minority liberal government will govern with no seats in Alberta and Saskatchewan and where the party leaders stand. But we start tonight with some news about one of Justin Trudeau's Cabinet Ministers, Jim Carr, the Minister of International Trade Diversification, who has just been diagnosed with a form of cancer. The Liberal MP was just re-elected in his Winnipeg South Centre riding. He sent out a notice today that after having felt uh, flu-like symptoms in the final days of the campaign, blood work was done by his doctors, and it's revealed that he's suffering from uh, multiple myeloma, a form of blood cancer. Mr. Carr is currently undergoing kidney kidney dialysis and chemotherapy, He said in a statement today that he is feeling fine and that his spirits are high and that he has spoken with the Prime Minister about continuing to serve his constituents. This all comes as the Prime Minister prepares for the swearing-in of a new Cabinet on November 20th and the return of Parliament, whose date has yet to be announced. One of Justin Trudeau's biggest challenges is his lack of elected MPs from Alberta and Saskatchewan, as well as the return in force of the Bloc Québécois. Preston Manning knows about Western anger and alienation. In 1987, he founded the Reform Party in response to widespread dissatisfaction with the then-Conservative government of Brian Mulroney. In the 1990s, his party changed the political landscape of Canada. Preston Manning joins me from Calgary. Preston Manning, thank you very much for joining us.
2: Well, thank you for having me. Um, let's
1: start out with your advice to Prime Minister Trudeau. Uh, now with this minority government and no representation in Alberta and Saskatchewan, what do you think he should be doing to try and reach out to Alberta and Saskatchewan?
2: Well, I, I think he should do more than reach out. I think he should address the root causes of the uh, alienation that's occurred, the complete rejection of his, his uh, party and his candidates. and uh, the fueling of separatist sentiment which is is growing every day here i i think you should address the root causes of it and they would be uh, well there's a number of things what if, if you ask westerners what constitutes a fairer deal within the federation they'd mention the need to reform equalization the equalization forms uh, process has been completely unfair to uh, Alberta and saskatchewan they want unobstructed transportation corridors to the atlantic and the pacific so you can move interior resources to uh, tidewater and world markets They want a removal of barriers to trade within canada free trade within canada Uh want balance rather than extremism on the environment and the energy front and a limitation on federal spending in areas of provincial jurisdiction or joint jurisdiction uh, unless you get the consent of the provinces affected. Those are five major things that would address some of the root causes of this alienation. And I think the prime minister should address them uh, rather than talk about more consultation and more discussion.
1: Okay, if we take one of them, um, the Prime Minister the other day uh, was very clear in his press conference uh, in saying that Trans Mountain Pipeline is going ahead and he's already going to be investing $4.7 billion and then more on building that pipeline. Uh, Does that not satisfy the West in terms of one of those basic conditions? No,
2: The the fact that he would even think that would satisfy the West indicates how much out of touch he is. Trans Mountain should have been built years ago. And the fact that maybe they're getting around to it now, that hardly addresses the problem. They're, they're, uh, I understand there's been international investors at some of these meetings where the pipeliners are trying to attract investment to Canada. And one of them got up at that meeting and, and mocked the concept of TransCanada. He said, trans Canada Pipeline, Trans Mountain Pipeline. You Canadians can't trans anything. You can't build pipelines or infrastructure across your provincial boundaries. The Chinese can build infrastructure across 10 countries, and you can't even build uh, infrastructure across 10 provinces within the same country. Okay, so That's the situation that he's coping with. And sure, of course, Trans Mountain should go ahead, but it should have gone ahead years ago. That, that won't begin to address the alienation or the feeling that he, he is out of touch.
1: In terms of a solution, in terms of who he might be naming as an interlocutor, because as you know, he will have no ministers from the West, does that help? I mean, any any advice in terms of how he could get people who have credibility on the ground?
2: First of all, if you want to find out someone who represents the West and has an elected mandate to do it, talk to Jason Kenney and Scott Moe. Talk directly to them. They're the ones that represent these interests secondly if you are trying to get someone into the cabinet uh, uh, indirectly at least get an elected person if you want to talk to a senator talk to senator black he at least was elected to represent uh, alberta in, in the senate uh, but first of all i say talk to the people that have a mandate to speak on these things which is premier kenny and uh, and scott moe and don't just have discussions talk to them about action on these items that Westerners want action
1: on. Okay, I want to uh, I want to flip the uh, the issue on his head, and I want to ask you if there's this Western alienation, and if you have uh, liberals with no seats in Alberta and uh, Saskatchewan, the the flip side of that is that the Conservatives did not make the national government. They didn't uh, they didn't get elected. Uh, so let's look at the Conservative campaign and Mr. Shear's campaign. You've experienced being shut out when you get to the Manitoba border. What could the National Party, the Conservatives, have done differently this time to have made inroads in the West? I mean, uh, in the East, uh, they generally were shut out at the the Manitoba. Manitoba border?
2: Well, I think one thing, uh, and this uh, doesn't just apply to the Conservatives, is to uh, uh, convince uh, voters, particularly in Ontario, that their economic future is tied up with the economic future of the West. If this energy sector is constricted further, the the way it is constricted now, Ontario is going to be hurt by that, not, not just the West. There's the producing sector in the energy sector, but there's the energy manufacturing sector, a lot of which is in Ontario. There's the energy knowledge sector, a lot of which is in Ontario. But I think one thing that can be done is to show people in different parts of the country their dependence on, econo- on economic prosperity in other parts. I'd like the, to get your impression to say, of... The, sorry. the other thing you could do, you could go even further east, the, the equalization... Formula. Alberta, since that inception, has literally put in almost several hundred billion dollars. And so, any province that's receiving equalization should recognize that it has a dependence on uh, the prosperity of the place where those uh, revenues are coming from, and a lot of that coming from the energy sector. So, I think making those connections would be helpful from the conservative standpoint, but from every political party standpoint
1: okay also from the conservative standpoint though, I mean as you know there's going to be potentially well there will be a vote on whether to hold a leadership review of Mr. Scheer's leadership where do you stand on that some conservatives are saying that Mr. Mr. Scheer has had his chance and he's not going to win the next election that he should go what I think you-
2: they should give him a chance to see what he's been able to do I mean he did better in this election in increasing his position and the prime minister's position went down so relatively I mean the conservatives didn't form a government but they didn't do that badly the second thing, and I noticed there was no comment on this at all by the panels on election night. Nobody noted that there are now seven provincial governments that are conservative oriented Manitoba, or Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, New Brunswick, and depending on how you define conservative oriented, uh, Quebec and Prince Edward Island. If you have the official opposition in Ottawa, which is a strong opposition and is conservative, that starts to form a coalition and better links with those conservative oriented provincial governments, that combination is as strong as the liberal minority government. Okay. And um, I, I think uh, Mr. Shear should be given a chance to. Uh, assemble that kind of a coalition he's a he's a peacemaker and a, and a, a reconciler he's not a polarizer
1: okay if we look uh, at the vote yeah. if we look at the vote two-thirds of canadians in the last election voted for parties that supported a form of carbon tax you have spoken about the impre- the need for the conservative party in canada to have a, an approach to carbon pricing did the policy as it was put forward in this election of the Conservative Party of Canada did that hurt them? Do they need to rethink their carbon policy?
2: Well I, th- I think conservatives need to be stronger on, on environment uh, protection generally. Uh, but I, I, I don't think just the Conservatives got to think their policy through on that. I think the other parties too. I, I've been saying that if, if you've got a choice between trying to deal with environmental, problems through massive micro and macro regulation by governments, which requires great interference in the economy, versus using a pricing system that I think a pricing system is preferable. But the other thing I've said, and this is hardly ever reported, for that pricing system to work, it has to have certain characteristics. It has to be revenue neutral. It has to be accompanied by a reduction in regulation because it's supposed to be a substitute for regulation. It has to be subsidy free it has to be accompanied by efforts to get your trading partners to come along in some way, shape or form so you don't uh, penalize yourself. None of these systems, not the cap and trade system in Ontario, not the Trudeau carbon tax, not the carbon tax instituted by the NDP in Alberta have anywhere near those characteristics. So I think the carbon pricing systems that are in place now will not succeed. And so everybody better think through their approach on that issue if they're going to use that mechanism. Okay,
1: just a last, in in just a word, uh, do you think the Conservative Party of Canada should rethink and try and reformulate its policy before the next election, whenever that comes?
2: I, I think the far more important thing is that the government has to rethink its position. It's the governing party. It's got to rethink its position on equalization. Got to rethink its position on corridors to the Atlantic and the Pacific and the Arctic. Rethink its position on spending and taxing in areas of provincial and joint jurisdiction. I think that's where the rethinking has to happen, if you're going to actually address the problems facing the country and not just the West.
1: Okay, Mr. Manning, thank you very much for taking the time and speaking with us.
2: Okay, thank you.
1: Well, joining me now to look at these early days of the new minority parliament are Susan Delacour. She's Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star. Mia Rapson is a reporter with the Canadian Press. And Manon Corlinier is a columnist for Le Devoir. All three of you, thanks for coming in.
3: Thanks for having Thanks. us.
1: Okay, we have to start with some, some very, very unfortunate news that we're hearing today, and that is from uh, about Jim Carr, uh, Minister Jim Carr, and his diagnosis with cancer. Uh, I wanted to start by getting your reaction and, and putting it maybe in a, in a personal and a political context. I'll start with you, Mia, because you've, you've dealt with Mr. Carr many times over the last years, and especially working uh, in previous years with the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, your reactions?
3: Um, I was stunned today, very, very sad. I mean, I, I've known him for, for many, many years, but I think the entire Liberal caucus, his staff, I mean, what a what an absolute t- devastating turn of events for them to come in to win a seat again, coming back in, and and then all of a sudden to be told that you're facing a life-threatening illness. So, you know, my heart goes out to them, and uh, our thoughts are with him, and uh, he's a fighter, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully uh, hopefully, we, uh, we see him back on the hill soon. Yeah,
1: and obviously we all wish him the best of luck as well uh susan i mean there's also the larger context too about what this does to the team right now it's a very difficult time and a difficult development
4: yeah it's not been an easy week for liberals west of um west of ontario and uh it's funny you know the the liberals were already feeling very sad about the loss of ralph goodale you know that um because no offense to the younger folks and no, no intent to be ageist, but the the jim Carr and and Ralph Goodale are the senior voices they often people often went to them for calm you know everybody and I think everybody wants to stay calm right now too mm-hmm. so i I think i I hope he gets better very mm-hmm. soon I hope to see him back um, and i'm I'm gonna uh, count on that I wish him well too mm-hmm. um, but but I think in the context of, of a Liberal Party that was already very sad about Ralph Goodale, this is also very sad.
1: Yeah, Manon, um, no, I mean, obviously the larger context too is that this opens okay. up the larger discussion too about cabinet making and one of the big challenges that the Prime Minister is going to have. First of all, well, he also has two people who are dealing with health issues, right? In Dominique Leblanc on, on yeah. Election also, Day. Yeah. Dominique Leblanc was in a Montreal hospital still receiving mm-hmm. treatment for his form of cancer. Yeah. So, so
0: for Mr. Trudeau, it's complicated because he had to... Uh, to measure the workload, he will give those two persons that were key in his previous cabinet, and uh, I will—I'm sure you want to keep them. So uh, we can just hope that they get better. Uh, that's for sure, and uh, especially and for Mr. Carr, who's from the West, and for Mr. Trudeau having to quite a complex equation to resolve there. Uh, I don't think it's uh, that's even a more complicated news for him. And you
1: open the door to the the, the bigger question, and that is exactly it. Now, I know this is being belabored all week long, but at the week's end, we're still asking ourselves Mm -hmm. and scratching our heads and asking how is the Prime Minister in cabinet making? We do have a date, November 20th. He will have the swearing-in of the cabinet. How does he go about trying to deal with that lack of representation in Alberta and Saskatchewan? I
3: leave it open to you. Well, Jim Carr is actually a very big piece of that puzzle. I had heard he was the natural resources minister originally in Mm -hmm. the Trudeau cabinet, and they were talking that they needed a natural resources minister from the West. They can't pick from their multitudes of MPs in the East. They need to pick someone from the West. And a lot of people were pointing at him as possibly going back into that portfolio. I don't think they can do that now because they need somebody who can actually be very hands-on right now, and he obviously can't do that. And so then they also need then to find another person from Manitoba. They have to figure out the the, who, how they're going to represent Alberta and Saskatchewan, it is not as easy as it was before for even for Pierre Trudeau and for others to per- turn to the Senate to fill uh, fill that uh, that void because of the way that Mr. Trudeau has. Has handled the Senate and now wanting it to be independent. So, I mean, these are all questions that he has to ask, and, and they're not. There's no easy answer for yeah. him.
1: Um, Susan, weigh in. I mean, there are. We're going to explore all of the options, and many of them, granted, are blue skying. I mean, we are not making the cabinet, and we are not making the rules by which uh, Justin Trudeau will, you know, live in terms of de- determining his cabinet members. or the Senate comes up as an
4: issue. So I will say, Justin Trudeau has a more cabinet-style government than. Stephen Harper did. But we should remember, too, that a lot of decisions in this government are made by the Prime Minister's office. So I would imagine over the next four weeks what you're going to see is them bulking up in staff from the West uh, inside that office. I think um, my view is that that's why it's taking four weeks as opposed to two weeks this time is because first they want to deal with a change of staff or fixing things. It was... It was on caretaker functions since Jerry Butts left in, in February. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I think they're going to be taking a whole look at the Prime Minister's staff. I would expect huge amount of advisors from the West, mm-hmm. and they'll be bringing in special advisers I would, I would most likely imagine. Mm-hmm.
1: But how? okay I'm gonna be the devil's advocate but how does that cut it because already the West obviously been saying the one or two ministers we had weren't listening to us weren't enough are we're, we're angry we're voting conservative massively Manon what's the magic solution?
0: Me I will not exclude picking up senators because even if they say they're independent that even better for Mr Trudeau because then he can say okay which senator independent senator have been a real voice for the west, Have mm-hmm. uses independence to, to, to speak for the west. Yeah. And then look at that person and say, do you want them to be this voice in cabinet? And uh, I, I don't know well those senators, mm-hmm. so I cannot pick a name and tell you, or maybe this one or this one. But I will not exclude the idea that maybe we'll look at who are from the west in the senate and uh, the, and that can be mm. a team player.
1: And as you say, you consider it not necessarily a disadvantage that it be an independent senator. No. Um, a lot of people have focused, obviously, on the liberals, the people who are still liberals, but they're not liberal members of the Liberal caucus, like Grant Mitchell, who is an right. Alberta senator who is a liberal.
4: Can I, can I toss in an, yeah. an idea that is totally not mine? <laughs> um, I'll give him credit, Joel Denis, our, our colleague from uh, La Presse. Uh, we were just talking about this earlier this morning, and his idea is... Uh, steal it, whatever, anybody who's watching, uh, that the two premiers, Saskatchewan, Moe and Kenny, should hold elections for senators in their, their uh, okay. provinces and Trudeau should commit to appoint them to cabinet, which would be an interesting idea. Well, mm-hmm. I
3: mean, Alberta already has had some Senate elections. Yeah. that haven't been uh, really validated because turnout's been low and they weren't official elections, yeah. they weren't sort of recognized as such, so it's not totally out of left field <laughs> or Sen- right Senator field Black. or whatever, Le- Westfield West field. Cool idea. Um, yeah. I mean, certainly it's it's an option for him, but the, he has to weigh a whole bunch of, of factors yeah. uh, in, in who in who he thinks can he, but he can also trust. I mean, obviously, putting yeah. someone around the cabinet table has to be someone that this government also can have a lot of trust yeah. in. Yeah,
0: but you need somebody... Soon, yeah. So you cannot wait for all this process yeah. to go yeah. on. That's why I think the, in the the group of the independent senator, they mm-hmm. can look at a person that they use uh, it's an his it or her independence mm-hmm. to talk. Uh, to be the voice of its uh, of his or her region, like uh, they were supposed to, they are supposed to do.
1: Yeah, and then some of the independent senators are also making that argument. They're saying, look, we are a regional representation. We are exactly. more regional and more independent than we've ever been. So I guess we'll know if Menel's theory is right if we start to see the telephones ringing off the hooks in the independent senators' offices. <laughs> the other question, this is the week's end and people have had four days already now to talk about this, but I want you to weigh in on it. And that is um, how you see the first weeks and months of this government playing out, and especially a minority government, how you see Justin Trudeau getting support from whom and under what conditions?
3: If you'd asked me that question on election night, I would have had a very different answer than I will today because okay. on election night, all of the leaders were, I thought, thumbing their noses at the idea of cooperation. Those, the, They were all giving victory speeches and said they all actually lost in this election as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Mr. Trudeau started to show some signs of conciliation on on Wednesday, I guess it was, when he had his yeah. pre- first press conference. He said he regrets what happened in the election, he, that he's, he hears that Canadians have sent him a message. He knows he has to cooperate. He We have not seen that from him when, in fact, the most telling moment in that in that whole thing was when someone said, well, can you point to one time yeah. in your government when you compromised? And he couldn't, or at least he didn't, which yeah. suggests that he couldn't. So he has a big challenge ahead of him. Uh, we're going to see, obviously, cabinet. I don't anticipate parliament coming back until after the new year. Very likely, it's po- certainly possible in December, but he can hold off until January and sort of work with the other parties and figure out what their priorities are. That said, nobody's eager to go to an election right away, so I don't think the throne speech is going to be this big, oh my gosh, is the government going to fall?
1: Okay. Uh, Susan, weigh in.
4: I, I, you've, we've seen, I agree with me, and we've seen some interesting signs that that, uh, that Trudeau is, is listened to the criticism, and it was coming from liberals too on election night, that, um, that he was far too triumphal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that a lot of the skills that he used as a majority prime minister are not much use now so he's going to have to learn to love the house of commons he doesn't like being there but in terms of dance
1: partners who are going to be his dance partners because i mean i'm quite intrigued by the dynamic with the bloc versus the ndp we know that the greens their three members cannot make or break the government in terms of survival
4: uh, sing, I think, is the obvious one. Yeah. But I, I don't think. Uh, I think Menon is right. Uh, I think he's gonna, he's gonna. Well, it depends uh, on the yeah. dance.
0: Yeah. yeah. And if you want to do, you will tangle with one, waltz with yeah. the other, and uh, twist and, with the other. And tax That's cuts, cuts the are first. That's depend of the issues. Yeah. 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 Tax yeah. cuts are will be, first. There is no coalition, mm-hmm. and it's not a tradition in a way at the federal level, and at in most uh, parliament, uh, minority parliament. Uh, government were able to like to rely on one partner just because the the differential was not that big for a majority and usually it was easier to to handle but uh, you saw Mr. Harper uh, he he didn't play cooperation he played intimidation but Mm -hmm. with that he intimidate one intimidate the other so once he was the block that hold him there and the other one time was the Liberals. Yeah. So it's uh, because the, the interests are so diverse, he can play it differently. But it's mm-hmm. sure that his natural allies are more uh, allies are more the N D P and maybe the bloc on some issues. Especially yep. climate change yep. is all his allies are yep. It's all parties except the conservative. Yeah.
3: He also, interestingly, got a better result for a minority to survive longer than yeah. some expected. If he'd only gotten 135 seats or so, and needed mm-hmm. e- even two parties to to tango with, <laughs> for keeping mm-hmm. the dance metaphor going, um, it would might have been harder. But he has pretty significant mi- minority government in terms of the number yeah. of seats. He really only needs one party, the NDP, or potentially the Bloc, uh, to to get that. And and the conservatives need all of them to sort of to join them. And they mm-hmm. don't have. Any any sort of natural allies yeah. with the others and so the other thing, of course, that throws everything into this is what happens with leadership. I mean, obviously, yeah. the other parties are questioning where they go from here. I mean, Mr. Shear is going to face a leadership challenge potentially in April. He ha- they have to decide whether they're going to have a leadership vote anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, his attention is all going to be on surviving that. And so for the Conservatives right now, their focus isn't going to be about bringing government down in January or mm-hmm. in the, on the throne speech. They're going to be thinking yeah. about, do we have do we keep this leader? Do we continue down this path? And the NDP, in many ways, are going to have to have the same question.
0: Yeah, well, yeah and we're going to be able to measure the the spirit of cooperation of Mr. Trudeau, that uh, uh, if he used that context to, uh, uh, if he take advantage of that context to try to pass uh, uh, poison pills or not, uh, because Mr. Harper did that number of Mm -hmm. times. is he going to do that, or he will try to create a spirit of cooperation mm-hmm. in avoiding putting, uh, you know, uh, okay. poison pill?
1: Mia, Mia raises the, the the juiciest issue that comes out of any election, and that is, what do the leaders? Where do the leaders go? Are they wounded? Are they staying on? Are they going to be reaffirmed? I want to get to that in a minute, but just before I forget, I do want Mia had a. Because it's a question that everyone in Ottawa is asking. When do you think Parliament will return? This is pure speculation, but uh, Susan?
4: I thought December. I'm starting to believe, like everybody else, that it is January because of the the length of time. And Trudeau's got to disappear for a summit Mm -hmm. in December as well. I think international affairs might keep him a bit busy, so it could be January.
1: Your guess? uh,
4: I think the
0: two hypotheses are still on. Uh, especially if in December he does only a really short speech of the trunk to introduce his is uh, tax uh, yeah. mm-hmm. cut and that Mich- he had promised yeah. and it's a way to start uh, and Blanchet, yeah, Mr. Blanchet,
1: And Mr Blanchet is pressing him for a compensation, agricultural exactly. compensation for and the this dairy uh, producers. and this yeah. is
0: a real issue in Quebec yeah.
4: and uh, in Ontario okay. for uh, people on the... Uh,
1: so leadership uh, leadership questions, mm-hmm. let's get back to it. Um, Mr Shear. what do you think of it?
4: Uh, definitely, it's out there. Uh, yeah. he, he's being very bullish on his own leadership, which tells you uh, two things. This week, told me that um, that there's trouble there. One is Stephen Harper phoning around and telling people to be calm. Uh, um, yeah. When you've got Stephen Harper telling people to be calm, he's there, he's it implies <laughs> that. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, not. So uh, Stephen Har- and 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 how bullish and um, as Mia said, you know he's acting like he won on election night and the march continues and yeah. i won the popular vote uh he's doing all kinds of e- interviews so i think sheer realizes he needs to get out in front of something right now so mm-hmm. i'd say that um, that's on i know
1: your feelings about it uh
0: i think mr sheer uh had will be concentrating on his uh leadership review because uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are critical of him uh, he did a bad campaign, he let a lot of issue festers uh, fester instead of take them right on and put a, a yeah. lid on them.
1: He has Quebec voices speaking and, uh, against him.
0: Yeah, and so uh, I think, yes. He's, I think he's the only leader that is in difficulty right mm-hmm. now will mm-hmm. have a challenge in front okay. of him.
1: Now, one leader may not be in difficulty, but she's already announced that she doesn't think she'll be around in four years' time if the uh, if the election goes four years, if this government lasts four years. Is Elizabeth May, was anyone surprised by
3: that? No, no. I mean, she'd started to hint about that before the she election. She almost gave her and job, job you to Jody Wilson. Yeah, exactly. she'd offered and it to me. She, yeah. in some ways, had sort of suggested that she was sticking around this long as leader because she was the only MP. And so yeah. she came out of this election with two more MPs that theoretically could take over. Um, they have now their first MP elected outside of British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Paul Manley still was re-elected in, uh, in Nanaimo. So there's options there for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's been signaling for a while that uh, her, her her time as the leader was, was, yeah. was mm-hmm. almost over. Uh,
1: just another prediction, and then we will keep the tape and play this back to you, prediction yeah. in terms of the longevity of this government. And I know the answer is time will tell, but um, <laughs> the longevity of this uh, this minority government.
3: Stephen Harper's minority governments lasted about two and a half years. Uh, I know the Conservatives were sort of looking uh, during the election when they were talking about looking forward and if they the Liberals won, that there was this was a two-campaign effort for them mm. and they were looking that they would be prepared to run again in 18 months. Of course, what happens with Mr. Shear in, in April might change that, but I would mm. say somewhere around the two-year two, two year mark, at least, I would that Okay, would That's yeah. the
0: average. I would think uh, around the two years mark, 18 to 24 months. Okay.
1: Monsieur yeah. Blanchet, Yves-François Blanchet, yeah, uh, e, F- 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 says he, he's ready to, to support the government for he's s- several years. Not support.
0: He said we will be, we're ready, ready to, to work, work for a full mandate. If they do a full mandate, that's mm-hmm. it. And if Mr.
3: Trudeau cooperates and shows signs of cooperation, then there might not be any reason for the NDP or the bloc to bring Susan, him
1: Susan, your prediction?
4: Depends on whether Mr. Trudeau thinks he's done or whether he thinks he's, uh, he's going to come back with a majority. Mm-hmm. And I think as soon as he sees a chance to get a majority, uh, as his dad did mm-hmm. back in, uh, he went from majority to minority back to majority, I think uh, that may be animating his thinking.
3: You also have Canadians who are very um, loathsome will use about this particular election mm-hmm. and I don't think would be eager to support anybody that forced an election anytime in the near future. They want to see mm-hmm. them sort of learn their lessons and cooperate and, and come back and get to work. They don't want another campaign.
1: Public mood being so buoyant as it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well all three of you, thank you very much. It has been a long week and it's been a long several weeks and I want to thank you for coming in sharing your thoughts. Thank, thank you. you. Well, that's all for another edition of Primetime Politics on CPAC, the cable public affairs channel. I'm Martin Stringer. On behalf of all of us here at CPAC, thanks for watching and have a great weekend.